0: welcome to the hoops and huddle podcast with malika and brandon also known as the rubric and this week we are going to discuss the new cba um and it really is how we're seeing the impact on the nba um, with this new cba because i don't know if players I'm just, you know, like I I I feel like understood what they were signing, but I don't think they understood the ramifications of it. And what do you
1: think, Brandon? Hey. It's very interesting. There are some good trade-offs and then there were some tough breaks uh that I think are in there. Like you said, uh I think it's not gonna make a lot of sense to fans. Uh I think that's who will be impacted more. I think your best agents in the in the league going to find their ways around it um but nonetheless that is why we're here we're here just to shed some light on what it is what it means uh whether you're a deep, deep on a high
0: level on a high level yeah, this thing yeah is 676 pages we yeah. are going to go over the highlights
1: <laughs> that's it that's it like of it doesn't NBA, matter. you're TV. not going to figure it out like yeah
0: <laughs> yep. so with the CBA, this CBA that they did this sign goes through 2029, but they can, um, both sides can opt out in 2000, you know, 2028. But this new deal takes them through the start of the new media deal. That's right. And one of the key things I thought was interesting was the salary cap smoothing. You know, it, you know, the max, it can increase. It's like 10% a year. So you don't have those crazy jumps in the salary cap out of nowhere. What do you think about the smoothing? And what are some of the things about the new salary cap that when you read it, you were like, not just the salary cap, but the new CBA? What is something you want to kind of dive into since you are the rubric?
1: Tough break. I think the tough break is understanding that second apron. That is what is going to kill teams. Uh, So for everybody listening, um there's a there's a first apron there's a second apron yeah. uh, that, it, that serves as the limit to what teams can spend um on average i think that number is around six million above whatever the cap is going to be set at based on um uh, the limit is going to be set on based on whatever the salary cap is that's about six million dollars the second apron comes in at about 17.5 million dollars uh and that means once you hit that second apron, it's almost impossible to spend above that with some extreme exceptions. One of the big breaks here is that uh, when you uh, when you hit the second apron, you can't sign players off the buyout market. Yeah. So yeah. that is where your big name stars typically are who on the back half of their career, let's call it uh, John Wall, let's call it... Um, uh, let's well, see. Andre goes out last I year. Think about yeah, Never. those players. But there's still some other big names mm-hmm. that are out there that you could sign that you can't. Anyways, I think that's a big impactful thing because it also says if you use your mid-level exception, you are limited to the second apron at seventeen point five million dollars over. The reason that matters: there's a bunch of deals that happened last year that would not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the big ones is, uh, in Dallas, is JaVale McGee. Yeah. They signed JaVale McGee at a mid-level exception that would have kicked in the second apron, which means they could not have signed Kyrie Irving under that deal. The same for the uh, Phoenix Suns, same for the Brooklyn Nets, and a bunch of other teams. That's the negative, the downside of that, that I think is, is impactful. The positive side that i think is a big like surprise here is the new cba includes um it includes the uh licensing rights revenue inside in the bri and the bri is basketball related income it defines the money that's going to be shared between the players and the owners the last cba licensing rights were not included in the deal a big example of licensing rights. If you and if you ever listen to my show, I talk a lot about digital collectibles, NFTs, things like that. That revenue is generated from licensing rights that the NBA sells to the new conglomerate that is the NBPA, Dapper Labs, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the league. That new group is what generates revenue from that that shared with the players. So now they start to make money on when their name is used even under the auspices of the NBA brand. That's a big win.
0: One of the things that, absolutely. One of the things I think it's a big win is NBA players can now um, invest in NBA, the NBAPA can, you know, like, uh, can invest in NBA teams, you know, um, up to a certain percentage. Um, Like they can really the NBA, when you think about it, because they can't, you know, you can't have, you know, players, you know, like um, two specific teams, but they can to the NBA and have a percentage. Yeah. Uh, and also they can for WNBA teams as well. I, you know, like, so you have players, with, you know, being able to, you know, have a part in ownership, you know, while they're still playing. But one thing I think is controversial is that they're able to to the gambling part. I think, you know, like being able to invest or, you know, have agreements with gambling companies, but there are a lot of stipulations around it. I think opening up that can of worms can lead to some issues. So I was curious to how you felt about the gambling angle of the CBA that players can now, I, I don't think they, they can I know they can't participate in things related to their sport. Yep. Like, so that's part, you know, so it's not like they can profit from their sport, but you know, like throwing games or that's not even possible. Yep. So I was curious to how
1: you felt about gambling. If the NBA, if the league office can go into partnership with, I'm gonna call it Las Vegas, the players should be able to do the same. Doesn't mean there's going to be problems and conflicts. Absolutely. Uh, But that opportunity should be there. I should also call out that in the first statement, licensing revenue, that's a whole new channel of licensing revenue that will now flow through the league Mm -hmm. and now get shared with players as well. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Uh, To your earlier point, uh, when I really explore what that new CBA component is around ownership, I'm not a fan. I don't think it's good
0: oh interesting why don't you think it's good and we'll go back to gambling because i have the exact statute
1: okay okay um, so um, Why? yeah uh anybody that's been in ownership uh you don't the league is not where you make money and the reason that i want to see more of us in ownership roles is at the majority level not at the minority level mm-hmm. majority mm-hmm. level where you have governance rights there's two types of rights one investment rights. Number two is governance rights. Governance rights means you have a say-so in what this team does. If you're purely just an investor and you get a half a percent, one percent, two percent, you're just collecting money off of whatever the team makes. You don't have a say-so in the business. You don't play a role in the business. You are just sit on the periphery and just consume what it is. The second thing is it's more of a dog and pony show that makes players feel like they our owners when they're really not they're using income to pay for that a lot of times whereas anybody that's been an ownership of any professional sports team or any business you're typically using compounding wealth from that and this is something that Rich Paul spoke mm-hmm. about he's yeah. not a fan of it either because it feels like the players are getting that from a popularity or from a hey uh, you know a cachet a style a, a, right. a a status perspective more so than you're not they're not going to get rich off of this <laughs> they're not majority owners they don't get to say so on the business they don't get to decide if there's bad decisions being made right. they don't pay any role you're just there just to say hey come spend the money that you make on your salary to spend on doing that um saying that you're an owner of the team I it's agree not
0: very impactful I agree. When you look at the sports betting investment portion as a player may hold a passive non-controlling interest in a sports betting or fantasy company limited to less than 1% for a company that offers or facilitates NBA-related bets or contests. So if it's DraftKings and they have NBA, you you can't have over 1%. That's why I'm reading that. I'm like,
1: that's really not... That's nothing. That's nothing. But, then, Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan has a significant stake in DraftKings. This is true.
0: <laughs>
1: Michael he Jordan does. As an owner, DraftKings. he has He, has that. That. he does. A of but
0: now that he's uh, going to be a minority owner any day, that's going to be announced. That's right. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. But yeah. when that was announced, I was like, he's a consultant for DraftKings? How was that? So, yeah, owners have more power, more control. Yeah. You know that's that's how it goes. Um, endorsement: A player may participate in a sports betting and fantasy endorsement that involves general brand endorsement and/or endorsement of betting on non-NBA sports. Yeah. So they can endorse betting, but not NBA specifically. But also, one more thing I wanted to highlight is players can invest or promote cannabis. Um, I love- you know as well and the investment part says a player may invest in a company that makes products containing only cbd so they only can invest in cbd a player may also hold passive non-controlling interests in a company that makes products containing marijuana so this is more limiting than people thought it was yes. cbd um and the same thing with promotion is CBD.
1: But you did um, say, but you did say, if you're reading those terms, passive, non-controlling interest, and in products containing marijuana,
0: which is THC. So, THC. as long as it's non-controlling, they can invent. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a key. Yeah, that's a key thing. You, I just basically glossed over that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, non-controlling is also descriptive of, uh, when I'm not a lawyer, we should probably talk to one, but I believe non-controlling is determined by whatever uh, the, the bylaws or the constitution yes. of that business yes. is. They could say, oh, up to 15% is non-controlling, or 14.9999% might be non-controlling. Other companies might say up to 49999 is is not controlling. So the percentage of investment uh, is one thing where they determine the governance kicks in, meaning they have a say so in the business, uh, voting rights, so forth and so on. That that's suspect, but I like mm-hmm. the steps where they're headed because I think it's far beyond. I believe the NFL, MLB, or hockey, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's further mm-hmm. further along than they are. It so I like further it. along. I like it from that point of view.
0: And one of the things I wanted to um, the, and another change is the NBA draft combine, because next year, all players invited must participate in a draft combine. Um, so, you won't have these people that are not going to work out. That are you know they will probably need them. They'll need a medical release to not and really need to show that they can't work out. This is. You know, like if they want to be
1: in the draft, that's if they want to be in in it. Like, if you want to be in a draft, you have to work out. Okay. So so here's something I got. I got a question for you. Side note. And anybody that's listening, this is something I don't know. And I want to explore it. What forces a player to go into the draft? Like, what if I, as anybody, as anybody is, I just, I just went to summer league. Summer league is a bunch of guys. We're trying mm-hmm. the team, the They weren't in the draft and they can get signed. They can get signed over the past couple of weeks. So why would a superstar, if he could control his destination, control where he wants to get signed, does he have to go into the draft? Be like, no, nah, I'm a number one draft pick, but I decide I'm not going to go into a draft. Can I not do that? What, what, what mechanism exists? That says that invited
0: players who are not excused and do not participate in the combine will not
1: be eligible to be drafted into the That's NBA. right. That's, what, that's my point. What if I don't want to be drafted? I want to sit, not be drafted because I want to just go sign a deal directly with XYZ team. I was just at Summer League. That's a bunch of guys who were never drafted. They weren't in the draft. They're trying to get signed and they can They. They can get signed for pity patty money. I mean, that's if you correct. want
0: to go that right, and you want to go that route and have control over where you sign as a top pick, and you want to sign for these very low contracts on a two way, that's up to you. You know, you know, those are going to get the highest salary. They're going to get um, the the guaranteed money. You know, they're going to they're not going to be on that two way or. Or 10 no, days, whatever. Right. So if you're willing
1: price to price risk up, that, that's but what drives the price up. is Let's talk about me and you. We're both could be in the draft. Now I'm number one pick, you're number two, and we both decide not to. Our price is now based on a team's willingness to negotiate with us. Like a team can offer me $5 million. That's a good point.
0: That's a, team a good You can point. offer
1: me $5 million. I can say, no, they're not going to get me, or they're trying to get you, or they're trying to get the next player like i could see this being guys saying hey do i want to go sign just on my own and not be forced to go into a draft
0: that's the part of
1: it i need to
0: because this is saying will not be eligible to be drafted in the nba until the first a secret draft for which the player attends and participates in the combine so I'm, uh-huh. you know in the so if you don't you you know say scoop decided not to participate this year. He, he can still can be a his, He he can still sign as an undrafted free agent. That's correct. Um, that's correct. and he'll have more control of where he can go. But the that would be it would be interesting if a top draft pick ever does that. That's if right. A top that, that's draft yeah. pick ever yeah. does that. What yeah. kind of contracts will he sign? What would be? Because then why weren't other players doing it before then? If that's
1: the case, if they can sign as an undrafted free agent, they can sit, then why? Because I'm arguing whether Wendy was drafted or not, he was going to make a shitload of money. That's true. That's my argument. argument. It doesn't matter if he was in draft or not. There was a team that was going to pay a lot of money to land him on the squad. The minute that two teams want him is a minute that there's negotiation for a high contract. It doesn't take 10. It doesn't take 20. It takes two. There are now
0: three two way contracts. Okay. So yeah. teams have an extra two way contract. Um exhibit tens um contract bonus amount now is went from fifty to seventy five thousand. Yeah. Um so I'm happy for the exhibit
1: tens and they will have an increase. Interesting fact the- about the three way contracts. The players were not a fan of it. They were not a fan
0: of the extra two way contract?
1: Extra two way contracts.
0: Oh, why because, weren't they? Because they because
1: that, that that should be a roster that, spot. That's a roster spot that gets taken away. Yep. 30, more, 30 more slots go mm-hmm. away because teams are more willing. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Versus one of the vets that are in the league. And it was more so, and I won't say all the players, I would say a lot of vets uh, that were not in favor because that's one of their potential slots that just went away. Now, what
0: are your thoughts on the in-season tournament? Like, it's here, it's, you know, it's not going, I don't think it's going anywhere. Once they introduce something, you know, basically it's the NBA the Commissioner's Cup. Because, right. you know, WNBA has the Commissioner's Cup. Um I think the first year, WNBA fans were like, what is the, you know how they use it, to, what's the point of it? WNBA is like the guinea pig for the NBA. They test everything out in the W, and yep. then it's introduced, like Kelsey Plum put up a tweet when that was announced, the uh, in-season tournament, and she was like, we were the guinea pigs. Yes. Yep. Um, and and they had this whole uh, introduction of the in-season tournament at the summer league where, you know, you had star players presenting the, the you know, the rules yep. and you know how the in-season tournament's gonna run and it's I think it's situated in the front half of the season that's during NBA NFL season they're gonna have it the play on days when there's no NFL games um and like the tournament itself like the tournament itself will be during the beginning of the season but then when we get into the last you know last four when it gets to the playoff time for the in-season tournament those games will be played on a Tuesday and a Friday
1: Third no, um, through December 9th. Yeah. Uh, December 7th is the first semifinal in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, the championship will be December 9th in Las Vegas. Uh, it will also, every game except the championship will count in the regular season schedule. And they put them in six blocks of five. So you play four games mm-hmm. in the first round, two games on the road, Two games at home and then you start your knockout rounds and it is single elimination yep. uh, until you get to the semifinals. is it a good idea i'm not sure yet because- internationally i think it
0: is because international they this is their thing especially when you look at soccer when they have um, okay. the, the soccer tournaments stuff like that they i think internationally i was seeing some comments from fans internationally and it was a very positive um, response from the international side. That's what I noticed. Like in the U.S., we're still like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I have, you know, people, some people say, well, if, how are you going to say you want people, you want the first half to matter? But now they're trying to do something to make the first half of the season matter.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's an issue.
1: Yep. Um, so we already pretty much know Memphis won't be in that, right? Huh. You already pretty much know Memphis won't be in that, right? Right, right, right. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's the first twenty five games of the season that he won't even be on the court.
0: Yeah, because he won't be back until what is the, the what timing is that? Because Morant can't come back until after Christmas, right? Yeah. This tournament this tournament's over December 9th. Yep, yep. So he, he won't be so yeah. Um but it was it will get them more money. Um, So it will give them more, you know, it gives them more money. But a lot of these guys, these star players in the mid-play, they're making so much money that
1: there's about so much incentive they're going to get.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. that's,
1: that's what I'm yeah. struggling with. How much can you pay these guys to really give a damn, especially for top teams, top athletes mm-hmm. who are trying to get to the NBA championship mm-hmm. and get to the playoffs? That's much different. Uh, but what I did look at is it's a it's the first official NBA games regular season games that are going to be played in Las Vegas.
0: Yes, yes.
1: It's not by accident, and they are testing
0: not by Las Vegas
1: market. They are testing it. Testing it. Okay. They started with the NBA G League Ignite, which just completed their first their first year. They just completed their first year in Las Vegas six months after that seven months after that they're doing
0: that's awesome i mean i, 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 I just want them to announce the expansion markets already you know announce you're it here. After yeah. they're holding until after the new deal um because they don't want those you know they want to split between 30 teams not 32 um so you know those new owners are coming after the deal but um yeah, the in-season tournament this year, we'll see how it feels when when it comes. It's going to be in the midst of the NFL season, so you know, we'll see because, you know, US is a football
1: country. So, we'll we'll see. Um, I don't know. That's that's what I'm struggling with. Is it going to be fan excitement around it? I don't know. That's hard we'll for me. We'll see. I right. mean, I think
0: we will see. I think at first, you know at first, it was, you know, when we have the Um, And it was like, what's the point? And it was like this angst around it. And now people like look forward to the play-in. You know, like we'll see if it happens.
1: But but here's why I don't look at it the same. The play-in added additional games that matter. That's true. This is just regular season games. Especially with Miami last year. Yeah, How will I know as a fan that I'm watching this regular season game? that it's related to some other tournament. But
0: the regular season games count towards the total wins and losses. So that, you know, playoff seeding is also... You can't just take these games oh. off because they do count for
1: playoff seeding. You know, right, this- right, right, right. So I don't know why it would be an advantage to the end season tournament. I get why they want to keep playing for the regular season. Like, as a fan, I'm not going to know... what What is it going mm-hmm. to... I just don't get it. The only, so there's only one extra... Only two teams will play 83 games. Everybody places mm-hmm. plays 82 games. Two teams will play 83 games. That's gonna be the championship game for the in season tournament on December yeah. 9th.
0: Another and we'll go over one more part and then we'll talk about how the we look at how free agency took place this this year. Yeah. yeah. And and we'll talk a little bit about it. But player benefits the new CBA provides improvements and player benefits, including increased tuition reimbursement allowance, contributions to the post-career income plan respect respective seasons shortened due to COVID, enhanced medical and retirement benefits for two-way players, and increased funding for the NBA Legacy Fund. I'm always happy to hear about benefits, increases and expansions for players.
1: I so, think that's good. And a lot of people don't know what that means because they don't know a lot of players who don't make it in the league. Right, this right. them benefit. These, this is, out of the 450 players, whatever that number is, this applies to 275 of them. Yeah, yeah. 300 yeah. of them that you never hear about. These yeah. are the guys that came in for two years or three years. They bounced around six teams. They, they're officially a vet. They played four years, whatever. And they're off the league and they need support. I like it.
0: I like it. Now, one thing I will say about the current season: um, the CBA was announced two or three days before the free agency period, before the league year began. Yep. Um, And and, you know, we saw the Bradley Beal trade. You know, like Phoenix acquired Bradley Beal. Then there was belief that um, DeAndre Ayton was going to be traded, but then they didn't like the offers or they didn't like what. You know, like what they will possibly get back for him, and then it, then it was stored. But we'll keep DeAndre Ayton on the roster. So it's like Phoenix is very top heavy. So yep. then they, so people was like, well, what are they going to do? Like with this new CBA, they don't have that mid level exception. They don't like what. What are they going to do? They loaded up on. Um, this soccer. is why
1: you are correct, and people don't know this. This is why Matt Ishbia. Prior to him becoming president or uh, becoming owner, he pushed through. There was a clause or some type of business process that expedited him becoming an owner. He did that on purpose because he wanted to get this deal through. And had it been through the regular channels, um, he would not have become owner until after the free agent win- free agency window closed. He um. could not have done that deal if he would have waited, just let the process play out. He expedited that process. Now he gets that deal done. Then he can get out and get that Bradley Bill deal done as well. But he wanted to make sure that he can make that move or he can he make knew. that move. He wanted to make these big swings. This is the first time that I can think of, and my boy raised this, I didn't come up with this term. He called it an in-place upgrade. Every time we hear about a rebuild of an, of an organization, of a roster, it is like the end of that organization for five years. They just rebuilt their team inside of three months. Yeah, because they got picks again. They,
0: got, they, they, they basically got, they didn't lose their draft stock to 2030 like people thought. They actually have some draft picks that they were able to acquire. With these, James Jones did his thing this off season Because at first people it, were like, James Jones? Well, the front office, here. the front. I, you, we're not. You know, one thing I don't want to. That's do the problem that
1: I have is that I don't believe it was James Jones.
0: I believe it was the front office.
1: Yes.
0: He maybe, James Jones was, um, you know, given free reign to make these moves before. Maybe he wasn't able to, and now, you know what the owner said. You know what? like maybe he, who knows how the front office worked it, but the front office. is the GM. Excuse me. He is the GM. So the front office got Bradley Beal. And we'll see because I I need to see it on the floor.
1: Yep.
0: Nets had a super team. I mean, Bradley Beal, where where has he gone, you know what I mean, being the top
1: sport? The Nets didn't win. The Nets didn't lose because they were top heavy. That's not why they lost. They lost because their superstars never played.
0: No, I I get my point is you don't know what's gonna happen in Phoenix. Like on paper, you know, like it's like oh, on paper, ooh, who can go up against Phoenix? I'm not afraid of Phoenix. I'm sorry, and I'm a KD fan. Like I am a KD fan. He is my favorite player in the league outside of Hawaii when he does play. Um, But I I am not impressed with what I see, and until I see them on the court dominating in the West, um, we'll see um but that watching that move and i think the whole league is watching that because they have four they have two max salaries i think and then two you know high level salaries they're very top heavy but well, they got three don't they isn't
1: book on a max books on the max hey these on the max KD's on the max and these uh a uh, bradley bill is 251 million $2. yeah $2. He's on the ma- right. they have
0: three max my point is yeah. they have four they're very top-heavy, and then they
1: have a lot of... Oh, that's right, and Aiden. And they gave Aiden that loot.
0: Yeah, but they could, I don't think his is a max okay. max contract. Okay. What that's I right. will say is they signed some pretty decent players on uh, minimum deals. You have players wanting to go there, possibly to win a ring. So we'll see what happens with Phoenix. Um, you have players asking for trades after, you know, that, you know, for in this new league year, Damian Lillard was still... Um, out there you know waiting to go to miami that's his destination he's choosing um under the i mean
1: a casualty deal he's a casualty of what we've been talking about of yeah. this. this is part a big reason why he's not signed yet because of the mechanisms and the limitations teams have to get they these have teams to match guys. they have so to, they, first they, apron yeah. and second apron like this is making it hard uh but that's why you saw phoenix move so fast because they saw this stuff coming.
0: I feel like with Dame, um, like, you know, like to make a trade, the, do- the dollars have to, have the to. money has to work uh, better than it, you know, in the past they were able to, you know, like the money didn't exactly have, you know, it had to be in a ring, but it didn't have to exactly um, match up the bet. Now they can't, they have, they can't send out more than they take in. Like there's certain rules with trades now that make it very that's why I think when this trade finally does go down it's going to be James Harden in it going to going to the Clippers it's going to be um Dame Lillard going to Miami and then there's going to be a bunch of other mid pieces being spread around um to make it work I think the trade will happen before training camp but it's going to be a massive one because it's going to include James and that's what I think Damian Lillard because Harden asking for another trade. He's another one. that With him, I think is more is more than just um, the new league year. This is another team. He's asked. He's another year. Another James Harden asking to be traded yet again. Um he made Udoka talk Houston out of not not offering him.
1: I love you know, it. Like I, that love, that it. I love it. That's a good moment. Yeah, Like. He does not fit with that young core they're building and you saw and he, I, no not when they Like I watched them at fishing. Summer League. I'm like, yeah. man, them boys <laughs> them boys can make something
0: out there. They got yeah, a they good go.
1: coach that knows how to coach those young guys.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And um so I just think that this offseason you saw I, I don't I don't think people, I don't think players knew how this off season was gonna play out. It wasn't the best free agent market either, but you know what I mean, but I mean you have players still I feel like players are still waiting. I feel like this big trade once this big trade happens, whoever's not signed then they'll probably get signed. But it's it's slow moving. Like people are like, when is the trade gonna happen? It's not so simple. Um so I think in our new world, like next season we'll see, next off season. Um there'll be more penalties that come into play with the second with the second apron next year. Um, and I just think when we look at what I originally wanted to look at when Oscar Robertson fought for players and went all the way to um, Congress for the rights of players, we're going to do that another time to look at that in more detail. So I think that'd be something cool. We can look into that and kind of compare it to this new CBA. Um, I just... I'm just, just want to see where we go from here because I think players were a little surprised with the impacts of it on what it meant. Because I heard that with Chris Paul, they felt like Chris Paul was fighting for the superstars and the mid players. There were enough rights and protections for them. Does this CBA, you know, positively impact those players not at the top? What do you think?
1: Uh. They have more business impact with this CBA. Mm-hmm. Than they do. Let's and they say. do get. They did get increases with some. Remember. Some, yeah, remember this deal includes licensing rights. Who it's does a, the CBA sell licensing rights to? TV networks. They sell them to media companies. That's all going to be folded into. Um, um, that's all going to be folded into the new media rights deal that gets signed as well so there's going to be some impact i think some uptick they're going to see from that as well yeah the mid-level
0: exception goes up 30 yep. percent um the tax player mid-level exception will equal five million um yep. the traded player exception increase trade trade allowance 175 percent. trade allowance would be increased to 200 200 percent not sure what that one means um yeah, so they do get, they were the maximum allowable salary increase in the first season covered by veteran extension would be 140%, used to be 120%. So there were increases throughout, you know, like for the mid-level and, and, and such um, players. One thing we forgot to touch on and we can end here, how do we feel about the 65 game minimum for league awards?
1: I like that. I thought
0: I, that 65 was... At first, honestly... kind of do That is kind of... That's a high number. You oh. may have some players that should... You know, that are injury... That may be a little injury prone. Okay. That maybe should be... Qualified. And depending on the... You know, like... What they were able to... Because I think, you know, there could be some exceptions... Depending on the circumstances. But sixty I thought it it will start with sixty games. I thought sixty five was like, oh wow. Sixty five seems steep. But the players agreed to it, so yep. you know get the thoughts.
1: Eighty percent of games. Yeah. So like, you need to you need to do the whole um <laughs> now a different argument and all of
0: that. You know, I, like,
1: I already believe they play too many games. I do too. That's a, a fight you're never going to win in a business because that's yeah. taking money off the table, yeah. and nobody's going to sign up for that. Players wouldn't even sign up for it now. they will complain about it, but taking yeah. games off the table takes money out of their pocket, yeah. uh, and all of these other categories. And the owners definitely don't want to do it. Uh, but 80 percent, uh, if, if that's what you're playing, like, okay, let maybe go down to seventy-five percent. Maybe say seventy-five percent. You should play. Okay, I, I could go with that. I'd go with that, but yeah. I would less than yeah.
0: that.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree
0: with you. Um, but we'll see that we'll see that play out next season as well. Yep. Um, but this is something me and Brandon wanted to do. We wanted to do a quick episode looking at the new CBA and just having a chat about it. Um, definitely check us out in the next few weeks. We'll have we have Toronto Raptors um, coming next week. Um, we have. Uh, we're gonna be going to have shows on the Boston Celtics off season, on the Miami Heat off season, and, and other things coming soon. Um, and if you have showtime, make sure you check out Goliath, the new three-part documentary on Wilt Chamberlain it is very interesting and includes, they use AI for Wilt's voice throughout. That's from some of the books or some of the things he's written. Um, So it's interesting. I'm okay with how they used it. The family was okay with it. So, But the AI, you do hear Wilt's voice throughout the doc, but it's well done. Um, And maybe we'll have a segment on that because I, I think it's interesting that that doc brings up some issues and things that I think require deeper thought and conversations than just Lightly talking about it, you know, like Wilt was, um, like an, you know, a black conservative, but what did that mean in the 60s versus now? Um, I think he was miscategorized um, by some. His relationship with Kareem Abdul Jabbar towards the end of his life, um, and how he was viewed by Kareem like these things are talked about in the doc. So definitely check it out, and you know, we'll definitely have. Uh, a chat about Wilt and his impact on the league and um, at a later time so thank you for being here and any last
1: words um, Brandon let's get ready for this uh, last couple of trades and get ready for this NBA season and we're going to keep rocking like we do every week I love doing this with you appreciate y'all for listening (laughs)